Hey, super friends. My name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book, and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website, www.getyourcomicon.co.uk for more. Yeah, but we can't start without some theme music. Hello everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of Superheroes for Dummies, the show that tries to bring everyone up to speed on the comic book world. I am your super dummy, Paul, and of course I am joined by Mr. Dan. How are you, sir? Grr, baby, very grr. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to tonight. Um... (laughs) learning about Buana Beast, who looks like bloody Rey Mysterio's and Tarzan's love child. Um, yeah, That's one of the best descriptions I've ever heard. <laughs> and of course, the lovely, lovely voice of Mr. Steve. How are you, sir? The dude's an animal, man! <laughs> yes, as my esteemed guests have both quite rightly said, this is a twofer episode we are covering animal man and brana beast max burn all your voting every single day has finally <laughs> paid dividends it, it makes sense though because as you'll learn over the course of the evening these two characters are inextricably linked so it, it makes sense to and we couldn't really talk about buona beast for a whole episode there's just not enough out there to do that though max and i probably could <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Max could probably do that all by himself. Max is powerful. He, he is. takes it to the max. <laughs> so, uh, as always, you, the lovely people, have sent in many a question for both characters. I have tried to intertwine them both in a way that makes sense. Spoiler alert ahead of time. I don't know if this is going to work because, <laughs> as always, my knowledge of the characters is minimal. So there's a certain amount of guesswork here. I have complete faith in you, Mr. McGuigan. You are mighty, wise, and powerful. So let us begin. We are, I believe, Animal Man was chronologically the first. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as I said, my knowledge of these zero. Dan, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Going <laughs> to say that you probably don't know that much about them either. I don't know that much about them. I, I know that, like, I looked up Buana Beast to see what he looks like, and I saw that. Like I said, that's why I said he looks like a um, Ray Mysterio's and Tarzan's love child. Um, mm-hmm. And Animal Man. I didn't know who he was, but then I recognised him when I saw the picture of him. Um, and for some reason, I got him and I always get him and I think he's a Booster Gold mixed up because they look similar, similar look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I know Diddly Squat. Fair enough. So, Mr. Yes. How? Where's Where's your history with the two of them go? 
honestly, these characters, I came in um, with a series we've never talked about before called The Crisis on Infinite Earths. And my first in, in introduction was to Animal Man himself in The Crisis, where he appeared with a group of characters called the Forgotten Heroes when DC decided to end their 50-year-long continuity, try and simplify it and make it more accessible to new readers who didn't want to like come in thinking, Earth what? Earth this, Earth that, Earth the other, and make it one streamlined continuity, which ended up probably causing just as many problems as it solved. But I just saw this guy who just looked a little bit different. Obviously, this was years before Booster Gold. This is 19... Actually, no, it's around about the same time, actually. The Crisis... Yeah, Booster Gold appeared just before the Crisis. But Booster, I already knew, I liked, and he was different. He was a guy from the future who uh, basically sold advertising space on his costume, and he was just in it for a fast buck. Whereas Animal Man, I liked him because he was just like this dude with a really weird-looking costume, but I like the cool jacket, which at first first I thought was leather, but then I discovered he was an animal rights activist and it turned out to be made of denim. And the reason for wearing the jacket wasn't to look cool, it was literally because superhero costumes suck, they've got no pockets, and he just needs somewhere to carry his keys in his wallet. And I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I dig this, that's real. I can, I can live with this character from day one. And then... The amazing happen thing happened. Uh, Grant Morrison, another writer who we never talk about, okay. decided to revamp the character and update his origins from the 60s Silver Age nonsense that we all know about, thanks to Matt Lloyd and my uh, constant mentioning of cosmic bollocks. And he did something that's never been done before, which characters like Deadpool and She-Hulk have copied since that... Uh, this character broke the fourth wall, actually met his writer and so much other cool stuff from a man who just started as a secondary character in an anthology book. So um, that was my first introduction to Animal Man. And Buona Beast is actually the first character to appear in Grant Morrison's Animal Man. On page one, we actually see Buona Beast. You don't know it's him. But we actually see that character before we even meet Animal Man. And that's what I'm saying about the two characters being an industry could be linked. He's a massive part of the first four issue arc because Animal Man by Grant Morrison was originally just meant to be a four issue miniseries. But the editors liked it so much. It sold so well that they managed to keep the guy on for two whole years. And what he did in those years is nothing short of awesome. And yeah, and we'll talk about how Buddy Baker, a.k.a. Animal Man and... Uh, Michael Pace and Maxwell, aka Buona Beast, um, lives intertwined further. Yeah, I'm excited already. So I suppose shall we go? Let's go to the beginning, the beginning mm. of everything. There was a big bang, etc., mm -hmm. etc., et and then Animal Man. Nine months later, people were born. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's science, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah animal man i broke when, four already uh, i'm sorry yes you have <laughs> when, when was his first appearance oh dear i'm so sorry animal man first appeared way back in 1965 he's actually older than me but then most of these characters are in an anthology book as i mentioned called strange adventures and it was issue 180 but he didn't appear as a fully fledged comic book character he was literally just the man with animal powers and he didn't take on the personality or costume 
uh, until a few issues later when he became a man aka animal man he just had a big a as you can see in the picture if you're watching on youtube on his chest but um he only made five appearances uh the last being in issue 201 so if you think that he first appeared in issue 180 he made five appearances his last issue appearance was in issue 201 um that's like 25 odd issues and he only appeared five times he actually only appeared 11 times in total throughout the 60s 70s and 80s before grant morrison wrote him so if you've got enough money you can track down the silver age issues he only appeared in 11 comics before his own series and that was as sporadic as it got uh, apart from the occasional appearance in forgotten heroes and stuff like that and crisis on infinite earths but animal man is going to be a pretty easy character to get into if you want to read this stuff after this episode which i hope you will because he's fun And did you want about Buana Beast as well at the same time, or is that coming up later? Yeah, we'll come, we'll come to Buana Beast appearances okay. a little bit later, I think. Um, so do we have, how long does it take for us to sort of start to learn then the background of Animal Man? Uh, it, it's funny because it's such a typical nonsensical Silver Age origin where he's out hunting, and he comes across a spaceship which blows up in his face and that gives him animal powers i don't know how that makes any sense whatsoever but that's how it happened and it took grant morrison to think well this is fucking stupid let's try and make this a bit more careful why was it a spaceship why would it blowing up give him animal powers and what he did was literally the only way i can describe it is what alan moore did to miracle man and Captain Britain and Swamp Thing. He literally took everything you know about the character and told you, yes, that happened, but not quite that way. He introduced the Yellow Aliens, which even 30 odd years later are still only known as the Yellow Aliens. He brought a theoretical scientific um, study about the morphogenetic field into comics for the first time. And that has had so many it's actually real scientific theory um series like why the last man have used that as well and i don't want to talk too much about that because if you're watching the series spoilers um but literally to put it in the simplest of terms animal man's powers are stupid because he has animal powers right okay he flies like a bird but he doesn't have wings yeah he can right. breathe underwater but he doesn't have gills how does that even work and what grant morrison geniusly did he's basically said the morphogenetic field is in theory it's the life force of the planet earth it's something that connects every living thing on the planet it's a bit star warsy a bit force a bit cosmic hey dude we're all one being but it does make sense because it has been proven where halfway across the world uh where there's one race of animals separated by thousands of miles where one has learned to do something and suddenly by genetic memory or something or the morphogenetic field their distant relative thousands of miles away can also do that thing so literally he just literally taps into what makes that animal that animal and that's how he manifests the powers ah that's some backwards sideways 
clever rethinking yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, he's basically his entire body is tapped into the morphogenetic field. He is at one with nature, but that means, of course, that he can do a lot more than just get animal powers. He can literally tap into the power of any creature that's ever existed, ever. Oh, wow. So we're not just talking bear strength or rhino strength. We're talking Tyrannosaurus Rex strength. We're talking cheetah speed. We're talking um, the bite of a saber-toothed tiger. We're talking any animal that's ever lived. And that's a pretty awesome power. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so there's two questions here which you've kind of uh, nicely gone into there so one is from mark miller oh a new um question yeah. sender Indeed, mark yeah. is uh, no relation to mark miller the comics writer because he writes it with an e instead of an a and he's also no relation to frank miller who does write it with an e but um is a lot older and my word has he lived but mark uh, runs a fantastic facebook page which i contribute to called comics culture and entertainment do check it out good lad oh i've got i'm interested now what's what's, what's mark saying uh, well, yeah, in connection, he said, um, was it ever revealed whose spaceship exploded that in turn granted his powers? Well, yeah, um, the yellow aliens. <laughs> That's what they They do have names. They call Traino and Zahn. Um, so Silver Age. But um, it, it's, it's funny because Animal Man does suffer from something which really annoys me, is that every writer who's written him apart from Grant Morrison, who embraced the stupidness of what went before and tried to bring it into his own stories, every writer after Grant Morrison has tried to say, well, no, that's just too dumb or too silly or too weird. Let's rationalise it. And so they've gone from being super scientists who grafted him to the morphogenetic field to just pawns, to just figments of his imagination, to... Um, aspect of Anansi, the spider god from ancient African myth. So uh, he's one of those characters where too many cooks have spoiled the broth, which is why when I get to the reading list, I'm literally just going to say read Grant Morrison's and read Jeff Lemire's run, runs because they're the ones that really work best together and don't change what the previous writers just spent two years trying to set up. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. I can't, I can never decide quite how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. You know how I feel. I like writers who embrace what went before rather than just put, no, I'm going to put my stamp on it. I'm going to make it my character. I don't like that. If it ain't broke. There you go. Yeah. But the thing is, though, <laughs> that's really funny you should say that because when Animal Man started, that character was broke and and Gordon <laughs> fixed it. Um, but then everyone else just went and broke what Grant Morrison went on to break what Grant Morrison fixed. And that was the annoying thing. Now that I would read if Alan Moore then got his hands oh, on it. And mate. <laughs> well, it's more or less to say, I, I don't think Alan Moore could have done a much better job. And he'd already done the similar thing. I said, what he did to Captain Britain was the same. What he did to Swamp Thing was the same. What he did to, well, you guys have read Miracle Man, so you know what I'm talking about there. They took yeah. a ridiculous 50s notion and made it as dark as all get out. And it was beautiful. There are definite parallels there to um, Miracle Man. Yeah, completely. So, like, uh, and then the other one I was going to do a quick shout out to uh, Mike 
Burton Yay! of this very network. Yes, indeed. Uh, he said, what are Animal Man's powers, which you've kind of said are every animal. What it says on the tin. He's an animal man. Any animal. That's the powers he's got. So he can fly. He can crawl up walls like Spider-Man. Oh, there's a really funny scene in the first volume by Grant Morrison where a kid says, oh, you got spider powers? That's really cool. Because, yeah, I don't just have spider powers. I mean, that would be stupid. <laughs> what kind of superhero would it be if I just had the powers of one animal? Ooh, steady. <laughs> lawsuit. You know what Marvel are like? Super lawsuit. That's their special power. Yes, indeed. <laughs> cool. Uh, now, you made a reference there to him wanting pockets. Mm for his keys and such. And I think that ties nicely into the first question that we had from Aiden, I think, Dan. Yay! Aiden of uh, Chaotic Comics and Cross. Oh, um, it, brother. Oh, uh, how does Animal Man make a living? Ah, well, um, initially, he's a movie stuntman. Um, he then goes on to be an actor and then goes back to being a stuntman and... Uh, an activist and then he works for the jail because obviously when the jail justice league go international they're actually paid government employees so they get away and stuff like that but for the majority of his career in comic books he's a stuntman which as you can imagine having animal powers means he can pull off some pretty amazing stunts like driving a car off a cliff and then that car can be a real car and go off a real cliff because he can just fly out of it things like that so that works brilliantly in the comics him being a stuntman it's it's fantastic but um after his um running with uh, a certain buona beast he decides to become a lot more active in animal welfare animal rights and even makes his whole family go vegetarian much to the chagrin of his children <laughs> well funny you should mention the family and the children because that leads very nicely into aiden's next question i'm on fire today you are oh, you're doing very well <laughs> and i promise people he doesn't have the document open in front of him <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i haven't even looked at it uh, all the best of it yeah um so Aiden says, mm. is or asks, is he one of the few superheroes with a domestic home life, wife and kids? And what is one, the deal? Like, do we learn much about his family? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're integral. Absolutely integral. Um, from day one, his... What I like about Animal Man, particularly when written by Grant Morrison, because I said other characters later on messed up the dynamic between him and his family and it, it bugged me. He's a guy who loves his wife and kids. And that, to me, straight away, again, is something that that talked to me, that spoke to me. The fact that he wore a jacket to carry his bits and pieces. It's just like He was one of the more real and human characters because he was fallible. His powers kept going wonky. He had a, a job to juggle. His wife was sometimes earning better money than he was. And then the whole animal rights things where he was out doing what he thought was good, but then even the animal rights activists used him as a pawn and people ended up getting killed. So the fact that he was a family man was, was brilliant. And Ellen, his wife, and his kids, Maxine and uh, Cliff, was so real because, oh man, I can't wait for you to actually read this stuff, especially if you've got siblings. You'll see that Cliff 
teases his sister. The sister tells on him to his parents and the it's so real. It's really, really good. I mean, one thing Grant Morrison does brilliantly is dialogue and characters. He writes real people. And even the, the relationship between Ellen and, and, and Buddy is is brilliant. So yeah, I mean I mean other than him, who's really Reed Richards and Sue Storm Superman and Lois are the only ones because even poor old Spider-Man was married and then Marvel retconned his entire relationship because they thought that people wouldn't want to read about a married Spider-Man and made him single again. And that was just fucking stupid. But yeah, good point. He is one of the few proper throughout his entire run family men in comics. And it's lovely. Yeah, you could possibly argue Miracle Man, although he doesn't make too good of a job of it. No. Um, well, his daughter grows up very well. Yes. Um, oh, but father. His poor wife, yeah, vanishes uh, out of the pages and is uh, never seen again, bless her. But, um, well, he does meet up with Miracle Woman and, well, yes, shenanigans ensue. I do like the idea Indeed. of uh, superheroes eventually having a family. Yeah. Because like, I think, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, Tony Farina, or I can't remember who I was talking about, but to age, and then so they go from yeah. single to married yeah. to old to, you know, eventually biting the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that to Spider-Man, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And Spider-Man, when he, in his married days, it was some amazingly brilliant comic stories, but then... They just said that, well, they happened because you've read them, but um, Peter and Mary Jane will never remember them. So, like, okay, wow. Move on. Yeah. I like it. It's a good idea. It it ties it more into a bit of normal life as much as... I it's like one of the it's a lot more relatable, doesn't it? Yeah, it's one of the few ways you can actually relate to a superhero character. Let's face it. We're not all superheroes. Well, it you takes are, us a but well, Dan and I might not be. Uh, I try not to <laughs> try not to let that out too much. Uh, you are destruction <laughs> of the endless. <laughs> um, I am, uh, but yeah, it's kind of one of the few ways you could relate. It. <laughs> <laughs> Audio. <laughs> Anyway, well, Dan's actually dreaming. I'm delirium, so. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Anyway. We did this. <laughs> yes. Um, right, our next question is from our correspondent of the North. He's back. He's back. And mm-hmm. it's us. Uh, do Animal Man's kids share some of his powers? Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, Cliff, to my memory, no, but Maxine, wowza. Um, during later issues, this is Jeff Lemire's run now, so during the New 52 Animal, Animal Man Volume 2, um, she'd always been, even from Grant Morrison's run, so like linked to her dad, and she ended up feeling things that he felt experiencing when his powers went haywire she went a bit weird i mean there'd be times when she'd become beastly animalistic and she'd see things that were tied to animal man's powers and origins but during jeff lemire's run he did a brilliant thing where 
he decided to tie in things like the speed force and um as we know the swamp thing is an agent of the green of the earth's um plant life all have a hive mind so jeff lemire created the red which is the animal life force which again must be linked to the morphogenetic field which gives animal man his powers and the rot also known as the black which is obviously the forces of death where all life plant life animal life die rot and then they nourish and create other life and the gray which is funguses and uh, spores which many scientists do believe came from other worlds and they're not quite vegetable but they're not quite animal they share things with both i mean the largest living thing on earth is a giant fungus underneath the north american continent which is like miles and miles and miles wide but it is a living thing but it's not quite an animal it's not quite an, a vegetable so at that point maxine actually becomes like something is the agent of the green maxine becomes the agent of the red and abigail arcane um abby oh, yeah. from something is the agent of the black of the rot so she yeah, I mean, there's a period where little Maxine is bringing dead pets back to life and um, becoming rabid and and powerful, like animal powerful, where she gets into arguments and gets angry and upset. So she, yeah, her powers are directly linked. And it's um, many people, many fans, and, and Jeff Lemire sort of like alluded to, not said in quite so many words, that buddy bake animal man was the catalyst like the other no like the saint peter to maxine actually being the actual agent of the red and the link between animal life and and humankind on earth so yeah great question but not poor old cliff oh, poor old cliff yeah <laughs> oh it's just sat there like oh my god why do you get everything but he's still a bloody oh. brilliant character Great kid, love that character because he's real. Mm. Uh, he's a boy that gets into trouble and doesn't listen to his parents and makes friends with the wrong people and gets into all sorts of trouble. And it, it, it's great to read because it's so real. Yeah, there's a little bit of cliff in all of us. <laughs> the troublemaker. Mm. Well, just a normal kid. Yeah, and comic fan. He's a comics reader, so I like him already. Oh well, even better. <laughs> That's cool, though, that they sort of go into that depth of a family oh, yeah. member who is just Deep. sort of yeah. a normal family member. Yeah. That's yeah. Really and, cool. and the poor old wife, who really is the glue to the whole thing. Yeah. Ellen Baker is one of the best written and realised characters in comics. I love her to pieces. She's brilliant. And they'd all be lost without her. The glue of the family. Yes. Cool. Uh, so, we now get on to one of those questions of which you hate so much. Oh, God. Uh, from, again, the lovely Mark Miller. Ah, cool. More than one. Like it. Thanks, Mark. Yes. His question is, who would you rather have in your team? Animal Man or Beast Boy? I know they were released within a few months of each other. Ah, well, now, which Beast Boy are we talking about? Are we talking about the Teen Titans Doom Patrol Beast Boy or the original Beast Boy for the Legion of Superheroes? Because the original Beast Boy actually came out before Animal Man in November 65. No, sorry, that's the, that's the 
Doom, the Doom Tribute Boy. The original Beast Boy from the Legion of Heroes came out in September 1964, but he was a villain who redeemed himself, became a hero before he died, that old chestnut. So um, Beast Boy was November 65, our Beast Boy, and Animal Man was September. So literally, yeah, two months after. So Animal Man came first. Who would I rather have on my team? For a laugh and for shenanigans, Garfield Logan, Beast Boy, because he's hilarious and he will lift your spirits and he's just a great, great character. But obviously in terms of power, you can't compare the two. Animal Man is much more powerful. Because let's be real here, Beast Boy turns into an animal and he can only turn into one animal at a time. Animal Man can literally have the strength of a rhino, the speed of a cheetah, and fly at the same time. So he could literally be a superhero that can do everything at once. Um, obviously, there's times, which is what makes the story interesting, where he does lose contact with the morphogenetic field. There's a brilliant story that isn't by Grant Morrison, where he finds out that every time he flies, a bird dies. And stuff like, yeah, exactly. So he literally... When his powers go skew tapping into the morphogenetic field means that he becomes powerful, but somewhere some animal pays the consequences. So there's a times where he can only absorb one power at a time. He literally carries an animal with him. He flies with an eagle with a, one of those straps, like a hawk strap, or he, he carries insects in um, jars where they can breathe and stuff like that. So he can have those powers at once. Because when he taps directly to an animal, he literally shares that power with the animal and they survive and they're fine. But when he tapped Georgine's morphogenetic field for a while, it caused havoc. And that's another reason why he's such a staunch animal lover and animal supporter, vegetarian, human rights activist and everything else. So, yeah, that's a thing that happened. I mean, And I think I've diverged again from the question completely. What was the actual question? <laughs> <laughs> I know you answered it. Who would you rather have in your team? Oh, yes, Animal yes. Man, please. Animal yeah. Man, because, yeah, because he, when his powers work properly, he's awesome. Dude, he is an all-round superhero. Fly, strength, speed, the works. Eyes of a hawk can see things from miles away. The hearing of a wolf, um, the smell of a bloodhound. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would think the, the strength of an ant, literally, because ant can carry thousands of times its, yeah. its body weight. So, yeah, Animal Man's power is awesome. Beast Boy's cool. As a teammate, he'd be a laugh. But if you wanted him on team to fight villains, Buddy Baker all the way. Cool. Um, I will just say, by the way, for the people listening, we are recording this on the night before fireworks night here in the great old UK. Um, so if you can hear lots of banging in the background, it's not because someone's shooting at me. It's for a change. lots of fireworks. Yeah, for a change. <laughs> this is South London. So it could be one or the other. South London. South. South. So I just, if, if you can hear any extraneous noises, people... Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> it doesn't mean I've been eating way too much spicy food. I promise. No, no we're just using that as an excuse. <laughs> yes. Yes, firework. Yes. <laughs> it's only March, but yes, firework. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember the 5th of November. Date. Right, our next question is from Mr. Mike Burton. Well, hey. Oh, very Mike, um, I am not your father. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike asks, um, has he has he been featured in many comics that aren't central to him? 
in brackets, like not named Animal Man? Sadly, no. I mean, I said Forgotten Heroes, Crisis on Infinite Earths, 52. He's made appearances in all the various crises that involve basically every character in the universe, but it's only like for a few pages at most. The last time he had a bit of a resurgence was in the um, series I talk about a lot, um, Justice League Dark, when um, Ram V took over. And again, he was brilliant in that. It seems like only quirky British writers get the best out of this character. Hence Grant Morrison. I mean, Ram V actually, um, that guy, as I said before, we, we talk about Alan Moore, we talk about Frank Miller, we talk about Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman. In years to come, I've got a feeling that people will be talking about Ram V with the same kind of um, regard and, and, and awe because what this guy is doing in Swamp Thing right now, his run of Swamp Thing is phenomenal. What he's doing with Catwoman is vastly different to Swamp Thing as you can get. And what he's doing with Justice League Dark, which is sadly now not even its own comic, it's a backup strip in Justice League, and that's going to be ending soon. What he's writing is great, and he did fantastic stuff with Animal Man in Justice League with uh, James Tynan, in Justice League Dark, I should say. So, um, sadly, no, uh, Justice League Dark's the last major thing he's been in. But other than that, it's just Animal Man starring Animal Man as Animal Man. That's a shame. Very easy to pick up. As I said, he's going to be a very easy character to read up on. Well, I guess that's the only benefit. That's a benefit. You're not having to hunt around. Mm-mm. Literally, I was in the comic shop in um, Kingston. Shout out to Piranha Comics. Love you guys. And both volumes of um, of uh, Grant Morrison's Animal Man were there on the shelf. All 26 issues in two little books. Easy peasy. And well worth picking up. Well worth picking up. So there you go. Everyone go to Kingston. Hopefully they have an online shop and you can go there. <laughs> totally. Piranha Comics, yep. Yeah, you can go to Piranha Comics online. Do so. There you go. There's a shout out. If you want to read more about Animal Man, look at the Piranha Comics website. <laughs> Buy from there. Hashtag not sponsored. Promise. <laughs> um, right. We have teased Max enough. Barnabas. It is time. So you mentioned it briefly. Brana Beast is Beasts. That's hard to do plural of. Brana Beast's first appearance. <laughs> yes. Um showcase number sixty-six, January nineteen sixty-seven. So a couple of years after Animal Man. Um fascinating character, and his powers are so unique so different so original that i like max and stunned that more hasn't been done with him i think the main reason is because of his name and the whole thing about being called buana which is a fairly colonial outdated and obviously honestly a little bit racist term so um that's probably why the character hasn't gone as far as as he could have done but whenever he does appear and he's appeared in virtually every animated series dc have ever done and unlike animal man he's actually even appeared in live action he had a brief appearance in an episode of uh, legends of tomorrow called freak show 
So um, even though he's been around shorter and has probably appeared a lot less, um, he's actually been more successful outside of comics than Animal Man ever has. So I, I will do a quick shout out there, actually. Uh, this was a question that I put later on, but Matt B. Lloyd mm. did ask, is the name Buana culturally yeah. insensitive? Oh, completely. Because it basically means sir or master. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's Swahili because, for master, which yeah. is. Yeah. So obviously, because colonial. back in those times and in the times of apartheid and whatever else, that's what um, people were forced to call um, white folk. And that just makes me really angry. Um, so, uh, what are you going to do? But um, again, Grant Morrison did a wonderful thing and he showed that Buana Beast wasn't the first Buana Beast. He tied in the origins and uh, legends of Buana Beast to ancient African myth and to Animal Man. And he literally made um, Mike Maxwell pass on the mantle to someone who deserved it. And the title Buana Beast was dropped and a character called um, Dominic Mdawe became freedom beast and the power went back to africa and to an african person where it belonged sadly that didn't last very long um but you know that's what grant morrison does he does he honors the past but builds for the future and uh yeah freedom beast died a few years later in a other comic another big crisis event but while he was around he was really really cool but Buona beast is cool it's just such a shame that he's tied to that name and those horrible things that happened in in our past yeah it's sort of it's a normal word in the language yeah, yeah. however it was used yeah in a such a way and then when you slap it on a big strapping white man it's a bit yeah, like exactly <laughs> but the character's fucking cool wanna beast is a really cool character i mean his power set is just nuts um i mean are there questions about his origin and his powers coming up uh, yeah, well, yeah. Matt B. Lloyd again says, um, how do Buana's powers work? Uh, and then, yeah, what what are they? <laughs> um, well, originally in, in, the, in the early years, in the 60s, he literally is a guy, he's on safari, he's out in the jungle. He comes across this missing link, a hyper-intelligent ape, and who lives in a mountain. And in that mountain, there's like these this liquid, this chemical, which is seeping through the rocks, and they think that's what caused the ape to evolve. But he found that when he drank this potion, he developed super strength and literally became more heightened, more intuitive. He, his senses grew and he became superhuman as opposed to human. And when that happened, uh, the locals gave him the helmet of, of the beast, which also let him communicate with every animal life form. But also, and this is the cool stuff, which is also slightly terrifying, is that he could get any two animals and meld them together. And they're saying that the beasts before him were the ones who created the chimeras, like um, the unicorns and the centaurs and the, the hybrid animals, which are like body of a lion, head of an eagle, that kind of thing, which we see throughout mythology, Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, um, and, and everything else, because he could literally get any two animals and without them suffering in any way, they'd become one. So that, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that in a comic before. He's the only 
character who could do that not just communicate with animals but be one with them mentally spiritually and to get two completely different animals to become one uh, like he he frequently flew around on a lion with with eagle's wings and stuff like that and it was like reading those comics as a kid was just like crazy cool it was brilliant so um yeah i i picked up a lot of old wannabe stuff literally after seeing what he could do in animal man so yeah it's, it's a brilliant character and a really cool concept That's but he is back bonkers actually he's in comics right now and buddy baker isn't um, you can see Buona Beast in the pages of Suicide Squad King Shark miniseries right now on the shelves in comic shops everywhere. Brilliant. So there you go. Uh, yeah. He's on the level of the bonkers superheroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He seems pretty bonkers. Bonkers is right. Good word. <laughs> Very good description. Very good indeed. Um, our next question is from Mr. Max Burns. Hey, and good it's old Max. Fault. It's all his fault. Yeah, it's all. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I bet you're glad. I bet you see. Oh yeah, I can see why Max is interested now. This is really different and original. See, it is very different, very very original. Um, he asks, "Is the costume too risque for a woke audience? Uh, what is his costume?" Well, you said it perfectly, Dan. Honestly, I could not have written that better myself. He's like the illegitimate love child of Tarzan and Rey Mysterio Jr. Yes, that's basically what his costume is. He walks around in a leopard skid loincloth and a stupid red helmet with leopard print. Um, so he's either, I don't know. Slightly reminiscent of some Elton John glasses. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Yes, he's the, the love child of Elton John, Rey Mysterio Jr. and Tarzan. <laughs> and all that that implies, the, he's a beast, baby. He's just a beast. A fashion beast. A fashion victim. Uh, a, a, a naked man wandering around on a giant lion with eagle wings. <laughs> and yeah. that's about that. So yeah, um, that costume just... Oh, having said that, um, I took that Flexman Tallow, didn't I, in the Doom Patrol episode? The man with magical muscle mystery. Oh, we didn't talk about Flexman Tallow. Oh, jeez. No, I don't think so, no. That's the most random fucking comics character of all time. He literally just walks around in his skimpies, in his tiny whinies, and because his powers are, he can flex a muscle to such a degree that it literally causes things to happen in the world. Like, um, I don't know how far into Doom Patrol you are, but <laughs> there, there's uh, one time where he flexes the wrong muscle and he brings joy to thousands. And I'm just going to leave it right there. So... Uh, Yes, it is a slightly risque costume, but it's not unique. But I mean, the Tarzan, you know, yeah. one of the most famous characters yeah. in history, where he wore less, he didn't have the stupid helmet with the Elton John things, did he? So, but yeah, right now, I don't know if that kind of costume would work. Uh, uh, unless you're a big fan of the male form, and um, good on you if you are. I'm not personally. <laughs> well, yeah. Elton on the that you should be listening it's an idea for um, halloween next year there you go elton beast yeah that's 
basically, if you need to picture Buona Beast, imagine if Elton John did a music video where he was being Tarzan. Well, hopefully just his head on someone with a decent body. I would, do, I would no. Yeah, let's just move swiftly <laughs> along. <laughs> that that would have to be a um, Elton John on Lufrino's body or something, because Elton John on Elton John's in that costume. No, please. Scary. Taron Egerton playing Elton there John. There you go. That's better. <laughs> Good save, Paul. Oh, nice. How did we get here? Who am I? What are we He's doing? Rocket man. <laughs> no, that's the other bloke. Yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, right. <laughs> Let's catch our breaths and move swiftly along. Yes. I'm still thinking about him flexing his muscles. Stop flexing. Yes, flexing oh, his yeah. rocket man. Please watch more um, Doom Patrol, guys. Trust me. Just watch more. <laughs> These right. those poor people didn't know whether they were they were coming or going. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Backspin. <laughs> this is all your thought, and you also have the next question. Do you think appearing two years after Animal Man made the character seem like an inferior version? Well, no, because they're so different. I mean, I. Until the, the Animal Man comics, where they tie the two together, there's no similarity between their powers. Because Animal Man gets the powers of animals, whereas Buana Beast joins animals together and can speak to animals. And honestly, the, the comics where they appeared together were just brilliant. Um, particularly after, I mean, Animal Man ends up saving Buana Beast's life, and because of that, Buana Beast moves on, retires, and passes on the mantle to Freedom Beast. But then after Grant Morrison left and after a brilliant but incredible, I mean, there was a six issue run by a British writer called Pete Milligan directly after Grant Morrison's, which was Doom Patrol level crazy, but fantastic because it didn't negate what Morrison wrote and slightly even the playing field for whoever was going to come next as a writer. But um, he, again, when you get two characters who are vastly different, but both share powers with the animal kingdom, you can't help but maybe compare them. It's like, that's why Mark Miller said, who would you rather have Beast Boy and Animal? Because lots of people look at these. I mean, if there's any two characters who are basically identical in terms of their powers, it's a character called Vixen, who's also an extremely linked to Animal Man and Animal Man, because she, again, has... The powers of animals without turning into them but she just carries a mystical totem called the tantu totem which was again a gift from the god anansi which means that she can get the powers of any animal she likes so but then she was a character of the 80s and she was a female and she's had a brilliant run and she's awesome she was a justice league member she's appeared on tv in legends of tomorrow and in um, arrow so but Vixen's the one character I think, well, she is identical to Animal Man's powers. So how come she's lasted? So I don't know. Maybe it's because the 60s was trying to be too weird and too wacky that people just thought, oh, God, another animal character. Next. I don't know. Mm. It's, it's a good question, though. But I, I honestly see them being vastly different. Really different characters. 
Yeah. There are similar veins, but taking it in very different ways. Actually, the one similarity they've really got is they're both really handsome white dudes with blonde hair. That might be part of it. <laughs> yeah. That's a sign of the times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, our next question is from ah from Mr. Mike Burton. Woohoo. And he asks, what are both of their weaknesses? So Born Beast and uh, Animal Man. Well, again, because they're not like invulnerable, you know, indestructible characters. I mean, you shoot these guys, they'll bleed. I mean, even with rhino tough skin, you can hurt Animal Man. Um, so their weaknesses are a lot more realistic than many other comics characters. These guys can be hurt. These guys can die and bleed. Um, they can get diseases. I mean, when Animal Man and Buona Beast met, it's tragic but brilliant story is the intelligent ape, Juba, who is part of Buona Beast's origin, was kidnapped by a horrible American lab to do animal testing. But he could feel her pain and he went out to find her. But in rescuing her, he contracted the same shit that they'd injected her with. So he was dying. And Animal Man saved him by using his own powers and literally using um, the ability to merge two different life forms together to make his white blood cells replicate to an exponential degree so that they fought off the disease he'd been infected with and, and cured him. So... That's what I love about these characters. And while the stories are wacky, wild and different, they are two of the most real and human characters you'll read about. Because Mike Maxwell was forced to become a hero. He was uh, like almost worshipped because he was the friend of Juba. And he was the, the you know, that's the, the other thing, the, the whole race implications. He was known as the jungle master and the white god and the shining man. And um, that wouldn't work today. Um, but uh, they're two really cool characters, and because they're weak, because they can die, it just makes their adventures a lot more interesting to read. Because you think that one day, if they're not lucky enough, someone will get them. I mean, the, what Animal Man goes through, just in Grant Morrison's run, is freaking harrowing. And if he didn't have those animal powers, he would be dead. End of. But luckily, he can think outside the box. And use the animal powers to help himself or heal himself. But yeah, they've got every weakness you and I have got, all of those. Just the fact that they're superpower doesn't mean they're indestructible, and that's what makes them fascinating characters. Brilliant question, Mike. Like it. Good. Um, there are some questions on the Grant Morrison's run in a bit, um, which. I have a feeling is going to be the mind-blowing section of proceedings. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but Mike did have another question or questions. Uh, are they well-known characters to wider or mainstream audiences? And then he says also, have they been in any TV shows or movies? Like I said, they've appeared in like stuff like Brave and the Bold, Justice League Unlimited, particularly Barnabas. Barnabas appeared a lot more. I think has Animal Man appeared in anything outside of comics? Do you know what? I don't actually think I've seen Animal Man outside of a comic. 
I might be wrong, and listeners, please tell me if I am, but Buana Beast definitely made it tons of appearances. And like I said, he's even been a live-action character on that one episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But honestly, you two guys know me, and I know comics. Before Max Byrne uttered the words Buana Beast, and before Animal Man was voted in, had either of you heard of him? No. no. Well, there you go. And you'll find that to most people on the street, they wouldn't have heard of him either. The only characters people on the street have heard of are people who've had TV shows or movies or video games. But to my knowledge, um, they've definitely never appeared in video games, but they have been appeared on TV, uh, particularly in animation. And that one live action appearance, which is a shame because they'd be great. I'd watch the shit out of an Animal Man TV series. Yeah, it's funny that Buana Beast has had more of the appearances than Animal Man. Out of the two, you would have thought Animal Man would be more TV-friendly. No, because Beast is a lot more interesting to draw, particularly when he's got these, like, flying horses and flying fucking lions and shit like that. I mean, imagine being an artist and said, yeah, I'll write a draw a Buana Beast comic. Fuck yeah, I can go nuts with this. With Animal Man, he's just like flying. He hasn't got wings. He's just a dude with a jacket yeah. with powers. I think one of these is just a lot more fun to work with. Mm. Personally. Yeah, that is true. I think Animal Man yeah, would be a interesting character to write. But Bonobis is definitely a much more interesting character to watch and to draw. No doubt about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Elton John Factor. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> it's going to be a long, long time before we get over that joke. <laughs> uh, right, our next question is from Dave, the boss man, Horrocks. Oh, uh, and Mr. Horrocks asks, uh, where's the best place to start reading Animal Man? Well, if you want to get the whole experience where you just look at him the character and think, this guy looks pretty cool, and go through it the same way I did. And again, you can't go wrong by picking up a collected edition of Crisis on Infinite Earths because it's still one of the best drawn and most pivotal stories in DC history. But honestly, he's only in it for about 10 pages, if that. So honestly, start with Animal Man by Grant Morrison, Volume 1 and Volume 2 that's all 26 issues ready to grab straight away that would be my recommendation if you can pick up Christ in the verse do because it's worth owning but if not Carl Morrison Animal Man by Grant Morrison easy peasy speaking of which Tony Farina hey our other brother from another mother indeed is Grant Morrison's animal animal man run the best thing he has ever done i say yes and then he says that book kept me up at night yeah um it is brilliant it is still one of my all-time favorite comics um but the thing with grant morrison is i will pick up anything he writes just because his name's on it but unlike other writers was neil gaiman has never let me down Alan Moore has never let me down. Jeff Lemire has never let me down. There have been a few times when Grant Morrison has, 
um i and many people will shoot me for saying this i did not like his take on superman at all um but a lot of people love it but hey you know forces for courses i mean, if you love it great i'm i'm glad you do but um is it the best thing he's ever written well personally i think the best thing grant morrison's ever done was his his batman run i mean it was like seven or eight years he wrote batman and he managed to do the impossible and try in the cosmic bollocks of the silver age with modern dark gritty streetwise batman and that's something i never thought anybody could ever do but he did it and he did it brilliantly so but then again reading all of grant morrison's batman would be in a very expensive thing to do well worth doing and i highly recommend it but as all of grammar i see yeah because it's 26 issues it's two books and you could read something fantastic with a beginning a middle and an end so all right animal man is the best thing grant morrison's written as a standalone piece but grant morrison's batman is probably the best thing he's ever written i mean he gave us damian wayne for god's sake i mean just for that alone i'll love him forever but Let's not forget he wrote for 2000 AD and he created Zenith. Tony, I don't know if you've read that. Pick it up and you might have a contender for the Animal Man crown with Zenith. Because that's a comic book character and a superhero like you've never seen before. You love him, but he's a complete prick. So, as a standalone epic, yeah, maybe Animal Man is Carl Morrison's best work. But Gordon Morrison's Batman, my lord, it's wonderful. Good question. Tony, I love Tony. We have teased everyone. So what exactly, uh, what what is Grant Morrison's Animal Man run? Blow our minds. Okay. So these yellow aliens who are literally still 30 years later, Actually, no, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, noughties, teenies, 20s, 60 years later, still only known as the Yellow Aliens. In the original appearances, literally, he went hunting, the ship blew up, he got animal powers. His animal powers wavered, then his friend saw another spaceship, which also blew up, and this time the aliens came out and attacked him with an animal beast, and he got the animal powers. But what Grant Morrison did was he took the whole shenanigans of the Crisis on Infinite Earths and rewriting history... And he had the Animal Man of now, the realistic, gritty Animal Man, meet the original Animal Man of the 60s. And basically he said, you stole my life. Why are you better than me? Why have I been written out of continuity? And why have you got a life and a story? And that's the kind of stuff Animal Man did. And then as soon as he did that, he thought, well, wow, God, what else is he going to do? He did a second crisis where all the forgotten characters came back. He had Animal Man take peyote on a mountain out in the wild west and look back and see the reader reading his comic and he had animal man meet grant morrison himself and um that's what made that comic incredible because uh, i don't want to give too much because you need to read this it's two books 25 30 quid and that's it you'll read something you've never read before you'll read a comics writer sitting across the room from his creation and talking to him you'll see the story of a character who is taken 
beyond the limits of mind fuckery and basically told he's a figment of our imagination. And you get to see a story where you think, well, actually, comics writers and comics readers are evil motherfuckers because we take joy and pleasure out of reading the trials and tribulations of these people who see their friends live and die, who get powers, who suffer, and we call that entertainment. And in particular, when you read the story of Craft E. Coyote and how he escapes the land of Khartoum and makes it, our, makes it to our world to stop the suffering of his people, to the bombs and falling anvils and falling pianos and falling safes and uh, Acme rockets. You will read a comic like you've never read before. So Animal, he basically takes the comic book and doesn't just turn it on his head. He rips its guts out and lets it look at them before they die. Uh, <laughs> it's... What Alan Moore did to poor old Mike Moran times a thousand, because Mike Moran was basically a comics character who became real, whereas poor old Animal Man was a real-life person who then discovers he's a comic book character and all that that entails. So it's it's just pretty magic. And sorry, Deadpool, Animal Man did it first. Forget you're talking to the reader and breaking the fourth wall. Sorry, mate, that's nothing new. Animal Man did it long before you. And better, as far as I'm concerned, because he's not a murderous psychopath. As funny as you are, Deadpool, Animal Man gets my money. <laughs> and, and that's putting him on. I don't want to give away too much because mm. that I can tell just by looks in your faces is where it's your appetite to read it. So please read it. Yeah. So what's you, you mentioned this earlier? What's the deal with the picture behind you? as well for those the lots of for those not yes. on youtube lots of faces yeah. behind animal man the same that cover is for volume two i do believe of glenn morrison's run and basically you can see animal man's body fading into a into words on a screen and all those faces all those heads behind him that's actually grant morrison oh that's grant morrison yeah <laughs> that's that's what he looks like <laughs> Yeah, that's what he looks like now. He actually had a full head of hair and uh, was a lot younger. I mean, he, he broke into comics at a ridiculously young age, and he's, again, one of the top writers in the field, no doubt about it. Again, while I don't love everything he's written, I respect everything he's written. But, yeah, I mean, that comic, that cover says it all. That is Grant Morrison's 26-issue run in a nutshell. It's, it's fantastic. Really good stuff. I'm so glad Tony brought that up because he's clearly read it. Yeah. <laughs> clearly read it. Blimey. My head hurts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, our next question is from Mr. Matt B. Lloyd. Oh, finally. Hey. Um, and his this is first is we all know Morrison's Animal is the best run on on Animal. What's number two? What's uh, issue two? Uh, Lemire. Lemire. Oh, there you go. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely Jeff Lemire, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, P. Milligan's six issue on directly following Grant Morrison's was brilliant, and it it had to reset the scene for any writer to ever be able to write that series again and follow Grant Morrison's run. What what Pete Milligan did was nothing short of inspired because he actually turned up the crazy, but then had that be an explanation as to what Animal Man had been through with Grant Morrison and realised that, oh, actually, maybe my whole life's just... Maybe I'm just going crazy. I can't be an actual comic book character. So that helped set the scene for um, Tom Veach, who took over from Pete Milligan. Now, Tom Veach's run was the longest. It, it ran from, um, actually, no, just, just a little bit shorter than the Gromerson's. Again, it was a good couple of years. And there were moments of it which were phenomenal, but other moments of it which was, again, isn't this just another superhero title? And he tried to retcon everything Grant Morrison had done far too soon after Grant Morrison had done it. Um, and he literally just said that the whole thing of Buddy meeting Grant Morrison and the whole thing with the aliens were just tests to prepare him for the greater fight he had to fight next. Captain and Britain, again, um, haven't we already read that in Captain Britain by Alan Moore? Um, so... There were some brilliant moments and the fact actually what he did with um buona beast was fantastic because he brought back buona beast as um one of the agents like animal man and buona beast and vixen who were there to make peace between the animal kingdom and humankind and to basically fight the forces of death and chaos and evil but um that's about all the good I can say about Tom Beach's run, while he did some great dialogue and brought in some brilliant characters, I just thought it was too soon. And he, he, he just, he just reversed what Grant Morrison had done to try and make it more accessible and less crazy. But what I loved about Animal Man was the crazy. So, I mean, if you read Tom Beach's run first, <laughs> then read Pete Milligan's, then read uh, Grant Morrison's, then it would work. Because it is good stuff. It's still really good comics. And if you hadn't read what came before, it's brilliant. And then Jamie Delano came along and basically made it a horror comic and killed off Animal Man within the first two issues. So, yeah, Jeff Lemire took it back. He more or less reinstated 99% of what Morrison had done, but then expanded it with Maxine's powers and the red and the avatars of the earth force and made it a dark, weird, brilliant comic. Again. But that's what, what Jeff Lemire does. He's another one of those writers. If you see his name on it, pick it up. I doubt you'll be disappointed. Um, so yeah, after Grant Morrison, definitely Jeff Lemire's run is the best one, the one to pick up the new 52 run. Really, really good stuff. And it crosses over with Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing of the Era as well, which it had to do. So, yeah. After Morrison, Lemire. That's a very long question, to, very long answer to a very short question. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Matt B. Lloyd. No, it's good. It's Gave us some good background as well to the different runs. Yeah. Um, now, Matt has given us our one, two, three punch. So the second one is who was more obscure before Morrison's run, uh, Buddy or Buona? 
Buana. Because I said Buddy did make an appearance. He joined the Forgotten Heroes. He appeared in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He appeared in 52. Um, and that's before and after. I mean, Buana Beast, apart from his own sporadic running um, showcase, I honestly think I've seen him more on TV than I have in comics. And it's just a miracle. I mean, again, I don't know how we do it. Every time we record an episode, <laughs> no matter how obscure and unheard of the characters are, they resurface. And like I said, Buona Beast is currently now in comics in the Suicide Squad King Shark miniseries. Who fucking knew? So, I mean, literally, as soon as I saw him, I literally asked Max, messaged Max and said, Max, read the King Shark miniseries. He goes, why? I said, trust me, read the King Shark miniseries. <laughs> and then five minutes later, he goes, what a beast! <laughs> so it's like, I don't know how we do it. I do not know how we do it. Maybe now, in a few days' time, they'll announce a new Animal Man series. And it wouldn't fucking surprise me. Hopefully. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't me. Well, Ramby's yeah. just finished something and he's finishing his run on Catwoman soon. So if they give him Animal Man... Damn it, DC, take my money. <laughs> they just give the money to us because it was our idea first. Yeah. See, free advertising yeah. is us. Yeah. We need some money. Yes. Um, right. So, the third question from Mr. Mabu Lloyd uh, is. He's in a roll. He's on fire. Uh, is why hasn't Buana uh, gotten the Morrison Animal Man treatment? Well, he kind of did in Animal Man. Um, what Morrison did was it was link the two characters in in a really cool way. I mean, um, I mean, Buana Beast is the catalyst f- for Buddy Baker being less selfish and deciding to do something with his animal powers for animals. So, I mean, and he also, again, changed Buona Beast from the slightly racist, um, outdated 60s character into a brilliant character for the 90s and beyond. So while he didn't have his own title like Animal Man did and, and get written by geniuses like Grant Morrison, Jamie Delano and Jeff Lemire, um, the fact he's still around today is largely because of what Grant Morrison did in the pages of Animal Man. So, hey, maybe, Matt, it's time you, myself, and Mr. Uh, Byrne got together and wrote a good 21st century Buona Beast comic. So there's a challenge for you. And maybe we can do a uh, Grant Morrison stroke Animal, stroke Alan Moore kind of vibe with the uh, man who makes animals better. It's funny you should say that, Uh-oh. because Max had a question himself about uh, Beast? No, really? No, I, I know it's word it. surprising, <laughs> but he snuck one in there. The character has been around since '67, yeah, and the time is right for a new solo book. Agreed. Who would be the right person to write it? Max Byrne, Steve Ray, and Matt Lloyd. <laughs> there you go. But in real life, uh, <laughs> um, well, Ramby, uh, he, I, I, I cannot say enough nice words about this guy because 
he's one of these new writers. I mean, he's been around. I mean, he's actually been around for a good ten years plus. But in the last few, he's really written some fucking cracking stuff. I mean, um, our sound editor Adam reviews uh, Catwoman for Dark Knight News, and Ramby's writing that, and he's he's doing brilliant work. And as a male writer writing a female character, following on from Joelle Jones, a female writer writing a female character who's an amazing talent, he's just killing it. And I'm going to be sad to see him leave in a few months. And and this is the highest praise I can give. Ram V Swamp Thing is the best I've read since Alan Moore's. And I mean that. It is brilliant. And Mr. Matt B. Lloyd, I'm sure, would agree with me. So um, if I had to say writer writing right now, who I'd like to write Buona Beast, it would be Ram V. Um, but I'd also like to see James Tynan give it a go. Because after what you do with Justice League Dark was just, and you're reading that at the moment, Dan, so you can attest to how brilliant that series is. I think the pilot's um, magical. Yeah, absolutely. So they'd be my top two choices. But again, Mr. Lemire. Jeff Lemire is, um, yeah, this is the guy who gave us the Umbrella Academy, for God's sake. So, oh, no, it's not. I'm getting mixed up. No, no, that was someone completely different. Jeff Lemire is the guy who gave us some um, sweet tooth and um, family tree. So I think he, he could do some great work with Buona Beast. But failing that, Messrs. Byrne, Lloyd and Ray would be a good shout. Sounds good to me. Sound like good guys, they do. They need fucking help. (laughs) (laughs) Especially that Steve Ray bloke. Jesus, what is he on? That's the other squirrel poop. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So, Mr. Max Byrne is back again. Oh, hey. He would. Um, He asks, Buona Beast's origin tales is wonderful and would make uh, make for a great TV show film. Good. Why haven't DC done a live-action version? The character had stolen the show every time he's appeared in animated shows. Mate, I wish I knew, because I agree with you. Um, if they could slightly drop the um, insensitive parts of it and make him... I mean, it's, it's the whole name thing which just automatically puts my back up. But the character itself and the origin, I mean, like you say, when you see a, a, a man at one with nature and those powers, I mean, imagine that on a screen, seeing a winged lion and stuff like that, it would make incredible TV or, or a brilliant movie. So I don't know why. I think it all boils down to the cultural insensitivity and the history of the character and that whole Alan Quatermain mentality. I mean, because even today, while those books were a fun read when I was a kid, reading them again as an adult, there is some blatant racism and and, and racial insensitivity in those things. And I think that's what's held Buona Beast back. But like Max said, in the hands of a decent writer, the stories, I mean, when he's appeared in Justice League and Brave and the Bold and stuff, he has stolen the show. It's, it's a fact. He's been brilliant. Because you've got... A guy who can rage and hulk out, but without destroying everything, literally just put the animal passion into into his fight and communicate with animals. He's he's, he's like a 
high testosterone Wonder Woman in a sense. <laughs> and he's got the mythical Greek beasts to go with it. So, mate, I wish I knew. And if I had the money in the budget and I was a Hollywood producer, yeah, I'd, I'd green light that project. No doubt in my mind. But um, I'd do it in a clever way. I'd do it the way Grant Morrison did it. I'd make an Animal Man series and have one of these spin off out of it, like Titans did with, with Doom Patrol, because that was how I got to love wannabes was through Animal Man. So never say never. And he's had you, one live action appearance. Do you think if they they stripped down wannabes and just completely redid it, so it's more culturally sensitive? Yeah. Do you think it still has the same impact? Definitely. Uh, and maybe that if he is called Buana by anybody, it's out of respect, not out of ancient outdated colonial nonsense that he's earned that name and maybe at first he's hated and resented but he earns that respect then that's the only way it could work it's just that it's it's just such a it's just the connotations that that are related to the name that i think if they just call him the beast actually no there's the marvel character isn't there yeah i don't know it, it's sad because he's a great character and i promise you when you read him you'll love him but it's just that name and everything that comes with it that that it's the downfall i think of the character they're not adverse to changing names i'm sure they can come up with something yeah beast walks beast man yeah yeah it yeah I'd, I'd watch the shit out of it no doubt about it I, I, that would be such an amazing thing to watch and yeah the cartoons he's in are cool I agree with you yeah because as much as I love like Spider-Man Batman mm. Superman you know there's only so much need something fresh something new something different yeah I'd do a Justice League Dark bloody like live action movie May, although it's coming oh yes jj abrams Who's he? Uh, yes you heard it here folks. <laughs> oh, that's a fact it's coming it's actually coming it's it's being done as we speak yeah I have yes heard, i've blown I've well. dan's mind he's going yeah. omfg it's actually happening mate yeah that's an actual that's news it's it's official it's coming i'm on it sir I'm, I'm absolutely fangirling inside my head right yeah. now. So. <laughs> Did I lie? I mean, you've probably read what a couple of books now, or just the first uh, one? No, I've, I've read the first volume. Yeah. Um, been introduced to the Upside Down Man, who's absolutely oh. fucking terrifying. <laughs> what a um, baddie! Fuck. Oh, yes. Oh. Wait till you meet his family. I ain't saying nothing else. Well, I've seen one other character. I think it's called the Soup or something like yes. that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, character inside. Magic is theirs and they want it back. Yeah. Naughty humans. Terrifying. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. Find out the truth. Yep. Mmm, soup. That's all I've got to say, really. <laughs> you wouldn't say that if you saw this character. You'd go, ha <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Am I right, Dan? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. We uh, have another question from Matt B. Lloyd, which you've kind of answered, really. Um, well, yeah, we've basically just spent the last five minutes saying the answer. Uh, is there any potential left in Buana? Or is he just a memory? I think consensus is. potential, But yeah. they've got to handle it correctly. Yeah. Um, it needs to be done with sensitivity, but also with respect, not just to the cultural aspect of the character, but to um, the character himself. Because honestly, so much potential. I mean... You could literally tie him back to myth and mythology and legend going back to the beginning of time and the beginning of stories. I mean, I've said it already at the beginning of the episode, how many cultures have the myths of the the chimera, the, the, the animal which is more than one? I mean, Egyptian gods are basically humans with animal heads. Yeah. Who's to say that doesn't go all the way back to the origins of the, the Buana Beast and his ancestors? So... It can lead to every beast throughout history and end up with finally a, a, a white man getting that power but earning it and deserving it. I don't know. I, I just think there's so much potential. But again, it's just that horrible little connotation which which makes it a bit dangerous. But the fact that he's in comics right now means that there's still mileage in the characters, still people want to read him. And once you have read him and you realise that he was not written to be what the name implies, it's just the name was something of the period, there's so much potential to him and Buddy Baker. Both Animal Man and Buona Beast are... Once you read him, you'll agree. I mean, surely what I've said... I mean, Dan, Paul, what I've said tonight... I can see the way I've talked about the characters that you've gone, oh, actually, that's cool. That's different. That's. Do you not see a future for both of them? Gotcha. Uh, yeah, definitely. If, if, like you said, if they can do it right, yeah. um, and I think in particular, Born a Beast, I mm. think, like I said, if you strip down, build him back up mm. and put him out there so he's more culturally sensitive, then why not? You know? And like I said, you know, there's only so much like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man that you can mm. you can take. And like I was like reading um, Justice League Dark, and it's so so refreshing to read. Yeah, something absolutely. that does not involve the, like the big three, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder Woman's in it, but yeah, she's not the focus of the story. So it's what you messaged me the other day, Dan, that really made me smile because you said to me that this feels like the proper DC universe. So you've got all of that. But it's like a side of this universe you'd never even imagined existed. I mean, the fact you see Wonder Woman as an Amazon, not just as a superhero, and you see her as a daughter of magic, not just as a daughter of the Greek gods and a daughter of, like, bouncing bullets off her bracelets, that you think, oh, I mean, there's so much more to these characters than I would have thought. And then you bring the horror aspect of it as well, and you're reading a comic like pure DC, but pure not. And, and that's what we need more of this the dc justice league dark but um yeah you see you see the other side of the coin yeah and i don't know if you want to see the other side of the coin <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it's fucking terrifying 
because before that magic was just something wonderful oh magical powers oh make things appear make things disappear um turn bullets into flowers yay but there's got to be a cost to that and justice league dark is when you see what the price of using magic really is and it's it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal So yeah, I mean, that Born the Beast and the uh, Animal Man, they definitely have the, the potential. Um, Animal Man, I don't see any problem with, but like like I said, yeah. Born the Beast, you probably have to strip them down, build them back up, and then put them out there and see what happens. Would you reckon, Paul? Yeah, I, there's so much you could do for it. I mean, Born the Beast, he's so unknown outside of the core. This you could easily just give him a new name, chuck him out there, mm-hmm. and most people wouldn't care. Obviously, there would be the core people who love the character for what mm-hmm. he's always been, would be a bit upset probably about a sudden name change without any backstory, but it has been done. It could be done. Um, or, yeah, you could you could build it into a new story. Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, the the name has been earned in some way, yeah, um, through history. But there are would, ways of doing um, it. Sorry, uh, but it would pique new audiences to be like, oh, this character is kind of cool. But they would also find out, oh, hang on, it's got a bit of a history, and then look at Buana Beast and read all the Buana Beast mm. stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And can you imagine a cooler TV show than the Stuntman with superpowers? I mean, come on, that's got box office written all over it. That's I mean, really that, cool. that that whole thing. I mean, when I said to you that, that he'd be drive a car off a cliff and it could be a real car off a real cliff because he'll just fly out of it. And I saw both of you go, oh, yeah. I mean, Animal Man, again, pff, amazing TV and movies and yeah. so far out of left field, so different, so original. And then bringing the vegetarian side of it, bringing the animal rights side of it, bringing the culturally awake and um, caring side of it. And you've got a brand new superhero for the ages, not just someone who goes out and fights baddies. Someone who fights for animals as well as for human beings. I mean, come on, that's that's got to have a market. Oh, yeah, definitely. The only thing I would be concerned about with Animal Man is if they try to do some sort of movie based on the Grant Morrison run and the way that that's done, that sounds like the sort of thing that's agreed better in comics yeah. than it would in film. Yeah, totally agreed. Totally agreed. They'd have to do the animal Grant Morrison stories without the reveal of the fact that he finds out he's a fictional character. Um, yeah. Maybe, actually, do you know what? The Tom Veach stories that make great comics would actually make great TV and movies. And maybe when you end the series after five, six years, end it as the Grant Morrison run and mm-hmm. have him find out he's a fictional character and all those years he's been suffering on television is because some horrible hack has used him to entertain viewers and readers that would be amazing tv as well and that'd be like a battlestar galactica or game of thrones with like a 10 series run with a definitive ending where he finds out oh my god my whole life has been written by some person that'd be incredible yeah. damn go. it dc you you here first. checks this way please yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. They should just hire us at this point. I mean, come on. Fact. I guarantee it. You watch within two weeks. Animal Man new series announced. I I <laughs> bet you any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Right. Ah, Mr. Farina's back. Yes. Um, Mr. Farina asks, um, do you think it's okay for comic characters, comic characters to be activists? But it was almost a militant vegetarian as a person grappling with that in high school. His comments helped when I was finally, when meat free, when I was in, in college, still, it uh, turned off a lot of folks. We see that now with the Superman stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the thing is, it's it's pretty amazing that back then it was really radical. But now I'm seeing more and more people become vegan week in and week out now than I've ever seen before. I think now would be the perfect time to have an Animal Man TV show or movie because he is living embodiment of what so many people are going through now not just because it's better for the planet but it's better for themselves and their health and whatever else because let's face it evolution has made us omnivores or at best flexitarians meat after the age of 40 is actually bad for us it's a fact it's a medical fact um so while it was radical and different then, and um, if you told someone you're a vegetarian or vegan when I was growing up, you're like, "Uh, weirdo." Now it's like, "Yeah, you're probably right." You know what? You know, I think we should all be doing that. So, <sighs> politics and stuff like that, and and militant vegetarianism. I mean, militant anything's bad. And for every i mean you'll see it in the comics when you read them where he starts out trying to do good things and liberating animals from labs and stuff when you find out that some of these animal rights activists are probably every bit as bad as the conglomerates and companies they're trying to foil and where human lives mean nothing to them because animal lives mean more to them it's just trading one evil for another and there's just so many amazing stories you could tell with that so yeah timing again brilliant bloody question but if you're causing conversation you're telling a good story if you're doing the same old same old um hero fights baddie baddie loses hero wins you're gonna get bored when you've got something with layers and whether you agree with everything that hero does or not it just makes for better entertainment i think and long legs it, it, it'll run longer it'll it'll go on for longer because it's not just the same old same old like you said dan we need something different we love superman we love batman we love wonder woman but hey there's so much more out there let's show tv viewers and movie fans how much great comics they're missing if they're just reading standard superhero stuff because while this guy might be a guy in a costume with powers he ain't no standard superhero by any means, shape, or form. I think these days, like you say, back then, being a vegetarian was a bit, oh, you're one of them. Yeah. But these days, I it, think even if you don't agree with a person's stance, mm-hmm. you accept it as yeah. it's just, you know, these days, there's a lot of different people 
who are activists about a lot of different things and it's yeah. we kind of accept it so yeah i yeah. think especially these days any character can be an activist in mm -hmm. whatever the hell they like and i think people will generally accept it because mm. it's just life these days yeah so mr farina has another question yes one to make us all think what's the worst about this right is i put all these questions together in the document and i should really take that opportunity to have a think about an answer i might give but i never do so tony asks which animal power would you use and why oh man yeah oh man i mean when you read animal man you will get shown and told about animal powers that you probably wouldn't even have thought of in a million years because you automatically think of the standards run fast be strong mm. fly i mean obviously flight is near the top of the list every single time because I mean, come on that has to be the most awesome thing but when you read stuff like oh no i'll give too much away um <laughs> I mean, to breathe underwater, because um, then again, no fear of drowning. You could swim anywhere you want to go. Again, that's awesome. Um, oh, God, to pick just one. Oh, oh I'm going to be boring and say fly. Uh, that'd be the one. I mean, uh, because you can't. I mean, jump out of an airplane and you're safe. Um, be a stuntman and you won't fall to your death. I mean, it's just awesome. Boys, I mean, your thoughts. I mean, I mean, you might know some weird animals out there with some amazing abilities that I'm not aware of. And I mean, Kangaman, come on, you talk to tell us <laughs> the the ability to hide stuff in your natural pocket. I mean, I just don't yes. know. You wouldn't need the jacket anymore, would you? There you go, just stick it in here. There you go. Done. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying uh, to think out sorry, of the Dad. box, like a microbe or something that has some sort of special power or... Uh, an earthworm. If, if your arm gets chopped off, just grow, grow a new one. Boom, yeah. job done. I mean, so many. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there must be some weird and wonderful animal out there with something crazy i mean dan what animal power would you pick oh god speed of a cheetah strength of a rhino i mean i just it's so many to choose from i mean there's every power in the world i mean you could be spider-man exactly. without being bitten by a radioactive spider and your dick green turn green and drop off after six months it's, you know just <laughs> all the benefits none of the minuses um a bat sonar, so I wouldn't bloody exactly. stub, my, stub my toe in the dark. You could be Daredevil <laughs> and Batman in one go. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. sonar of a bat. Or even sonar of a dolphin if you're in the sea. Because then I could, I could just like tap my finger on something and then you can just see like the sound just yeah. tap and be able to see your way around in the dark. Exactly. So many. Oh, that's a great question. I mean, what I love about tonight is every single question's been brilliant. We haven't had any of the, the nonsense questions, so... Oh, well, um, prepare yourself. Oh, God, I spoke too soon. 
don't tell me it's 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 Max, Tony, and, and Matt, isn't it? Or, or one or well, one of those them. three, or one of those. Yeah, had to be. Uh, it just uh, I spoke too soon. Oh, I don't know why. Well, I questions well let me say now then thanks for those amazing questions so far um <laughs> brilliant oh dear oh, okay on, so do get them out of the way so are those the uh, next ones yep yeah <laughs> <For fuck> sake. <clears throat> so they're from mr matt b lloyd his first one he asks who's more of a beast in the bedroom bawana or buddy Oh God! Can I go now? <laughs> and remember, your requests, your votes, your episodes. <laughs> I, Mr. Lloyd, I expected more from you, sir. I really did. For God's sake. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't think we've ever seen Buana Beast with a, a member of the opposite sex or the same sex or, or, or any kind of love interest. So. Um, I, I have to give the answer to Buddy because he's happily married to Ellen for years and years and years and when he's in bear form he um, has a kind of strange mystical bond with a, another animal a powered person called Tristesse in the Tom Veach run so God, I can't believe I'm trying to think of a sensible answer to this stupid <laughs> fucking question. But I'd have to give the the win to Buddy, to Animal Man, because I, um, not only is he more obese in the bedroom, his stuff works, he's got two kids. So <laughs> I think I'll leave it there. That's true. That's true. There you go. So thanks for that, Matthew. You know you're in trouble when I don't call you Matt and I bring out the HEWs. Speaking of HEWs, oh god, this is by the way our final question, so we are ending on a high, of course. Yeah, I doubt it. So, Matt HEW says, Does Ellen ever have Buddy take on animal powers in the bedroom? And if he's a praying mantis, does Ellen have to eat him afterwards? <laughs> oh, Matt, you've broken me. <laughs> oh, he did not ask that. He did not ask that. <laughs> I, he did ask that. <laughs> oh, God. No. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <coughs> well, she... <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Oh, we've got she'd, she'd have to take on the animal pals because she'd have to eat him. Oh, God. I give up. I'm out. I've, I quit. <laughs> Uh, next episode, have him on, and I'm going to send in stupid fucking questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that is the worst question we've ever had. <laughs> ever. Where's the best? the award for that? Oh, what? 
Yeah, oh, animal powers in the bedroom. Um, not, not that they've ever shown them in the comics. <laughs> oh, stranger things have happened. Oh dear lord! No proper live action TV oh, show. God, I'm in pain. Oh. I'm sure that live action TV show is available in different places on the internet if you so desire. Everything's available on the internet if you so desire. <laughs> oh, mate. I can't wait to see this one on YouTube. That must have been funny for you guys. <laughs> it was. You oh, got Matthew, you utter bastard. <laughs> I was expecting uh, stuff like that from Max, but that is like next yeah. level now. That's like, that beats the stretchy willy nonsense from the Fantastic Four and Plastic Man. <laughs> oh, Max was surprisingly well behaved today. Or oh, because it's Barnabas, you know, it's a character close to his heart yeah yeah he's buddy baker (laughs) oh matt wait till i speak to you next young man you're in trouble (laughs) (laughs) oh mate oh well i'm I'm gonna go with a smile on my face tonight then wow so she And and a full stomach, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my husband's proper tasty. Proper tasty. Proper (laughs) tasty. Oh, dear. I guess I'm very satisfied. Forget the Snickers. Have a husband a day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're a beast when you're hungry, Ellen. Yeah. Stop (laughs) it. What have you started, Lloyd? Here, have a husband. No, stop, right, <laughs> next. Do they come in packs of four? Or... Oh, dear. And then does she eat the kids, so is, is Cliff just literally a fun-sized buddy? <laughs> 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 oh, mate, where are we going with this? Lloyd! Damn you! Lloyd, what have you done? Morning. Product may contain nuts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. Brilliant. Oh, that high note was the last question. Oh, I think I hit a couple of high notes then, definitely. <laughs> oh, mate, that's made me giggle. Thanks, Good everyone, for some this. wonderful questions and those last three. <sighs> yes. Thank you very much, everyone, as always, for your questions. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And the downright outrageous. Oh, Indeed. Mate. Not off. So do be sure to keep watching the old social medias to see what the next subject will be. Start it looks getting like your it's going to be in. one that's going to kill me if it's the Justice League, you evil lot. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's... Um, if I remember correctly, the, the current top couple are... Oh. Big buggery episode, which may be fun for your research, as he says, slowly speaking, so we can. Uh, yes, it was currently Animal Man uh, leading to Buena Beast, and then it's Justice League, Justice League Doc. Oh, and then Squirrel Girl. So, you know, could go either way. <laughs> Might have to get Faye on for the Squirrel Girl episode. And I think yeah. that um, 
maybe if if we got Matt on the Justice League episode with us as well, that would be pretty cool. Mm. But let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah great. We can ask him the questions. Yeah, Justice League is going to be... Phew. If they ask yes. the question, who's been in the Justice League, that will be a three-hour episode by itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get any ideas, Max. Mm. <laughs> He's probably going to ask... Well, Animal Man's have... been in the Justice League, so there you go. Well, there you go. Like, and Justice League Dark and Justice League Europe oh, and Justice League International well, there you go if that's not a reason to read up more I don't know what is mm-hmm. and that is what we aim to do make you want to read more about these wonderful absolutely. characters absolutely uh, so yeah do keep sending in your requests and your votes um, we that yeah those are the top contenders currently we will tally up the current votes and let you know as soon as we do what the next episode will be uh all your votes do count they will be carried forward we will get to all these people eventually as max can now attest to because i think he's been voting for buena beast since day one and every day afterwards yeah pretty much Uh, collectively, we can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitters by searching for superheroes for dummies. Individually, Dan, where can the peeps find yourself? The peeps can find me on the deep dark Twitterverse under the handle dark underscore Ronin84. So that's dark underscore R-O-N-I-N 84. Lovely. And Steve, how about yourself? Everywhere. (laughs) To hear my strange tones, this wonderful show, the DC Comics News Podcast, and I Am The Night, where Adam, our sound engineer, and I talk Batman. And uh, our last episode released also had the voice of a certain Mr. McGuigan. So there you go. Strange things afoot. To read my written work, just type in Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universe into your search engine of choice. I'd like to take you into my news, reviews, interviews, and general comic nerdiness all across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes, and CBR. But talk to me on Twitter about anything you like. Send us your votes, send us your questions to lstevo at el underscore s-t-e-e-v-o. So, Paul, you animal, you. Where can the wild kingdom find you? You can find me on the Twitters at Paul Demac, P-A-U-L-D-A-M-A-C. You can also find me on the Fantastic Universes podcast, where you will hear my other show, Geek where we hear lots of wonderful people talk about their passions and their interests and their journeys. Uh, And yeah, links can be found superdummy.co.uk to all the individual episodes here and of Geek and of various other bits and bobs when I can put my brain in gear to make it happen. Um, uh, The reading list. I forgot to do the reading list. You said it was a nice, easy one this episode. Yes, indeed. I mean, the essentials. I mean, do read all the animal stuff animal man stuff because it is really cool i mean all of it is worth reading but maybe read the grant morrison one last 
But if you decide to just read The Essentials, it's Animal Man Volume 1 and 2 by Grant Morrison and Animal Man by Jeff Lemire, which will have the new 52 logo stamped all over it. They are The Essentials, and it's literally five books, if memory serves, two Grant Morrison and three Jeff Lemire. Um, do pick up Crisis on Infinite Earths if you want to just see Animal Man in the background and think, oh, I'd like to see this character and read all of Justice League Dark. Dan will agree with me. Because uh, Animal Man does appear in the last story of that series, and it's well worth waiting for because everything leads up to it is absolutely bloody brilliant, or absolutely buddy brilliant, if you will. <laughs> Got it, end the pun. Uh, yeah, so all the details will be in the show notes, as always. Yeah, you can find uh, links to all the individual episodes superdummy.co.uk and if you would like to see our pretty pretty faces you can do so on the youtubes as well oh i love the pose see you can only see the pose on the youtubes so you better get on it <laughs> uh make sure you listen to all the other shows on the network as well there's some oh, do amazing that. stuff everyone there all sorts of different things for all of you no matter what you're into it's there make sure to give us a like a subscribe give us a five star review tell your friends your family your enemies your pets people yeah your pets <laughs> yeah, i mean from Friend what we've read is... the pets that who knows what they're capable of doing so you may as well tell them i'm rambling this is i don't know where we're what we're doing anymore <laughs> who are we thank you for listening we are superheroes for dummies we are produced by steve and adam ray edit and mixed by adam ray music from the lovely wonderful professor elemental and we are a proud member of comics in motion and uh you may come into this show every now and then thinking you're a total dummy but we hope that by the end of every episode you'll leave feeling like a hero and hey if you're coming like a hero we just want to supercharge your powers and hey remember your requests your votes your episodes bye darling And this is mine Find a beat that shines Renewed spirit and mind Spit fire when I swig in With some friends of mine Rewire till I arrive At the end of time This is music to play In black holes Alternative futures Retune to play On your onboard computer A song to play In Batmobiles Or Plastic Man's iPod Zatanna backwards Magic words Or Marvel Man My God Fire up the turbines The game's afoot Underwear over tights Is now a good look If there's been monkey business I head off on a mission I'm ready for anything in a head-on collision So listen all vagabonds, scoundrels and villains Beware because it's on, this is just the beginning No cape, just a time belt with vivid shine Every hero needs theme music and this is mine Ladies and gentlemen, back to the lab Make big waves, cause here I come Professor Drinking his tea 
this is your tune now, your theme music. Stand strong in the storm or easily breeze through it. I'm passing a mantle, bestowing a gift. It might take you some training before you know what it is. It's the bite of a spider that's radioactive. It's mutant synapses becoming finally active. When no one else could ever really walk in your shoes. Walking into exams or out of job interviews. To deal with every evil ex or several devilish kids. To enter the ring already a legend, ready to win whenever it is. Every right to work on a Monday in a hurricane. Tired and you're underpaid, find you want to run away. Hey, face front, true believer. If you don't believe in you, then they won't either. This is the teaser trailer for your blockbuster event. And you're